0: what's up to all five of you watching this welcome to my brain i'm meeks and this is words are hard so today's guest is an old family friend going back some i don't know probably 12 13 years um he's my best he's my sister's best friend's little brother and his name is louis Masia. so without further ado here is louis hey how's hey, it going
1: louis. hey <laughs> How
0: old are you now, Louis? I I forgot to ask you that. How old are you now?
1: I'm uh, so I'm 18 now.
0: You're 18. All right, cool. So, you're living out in Lubbock, right? You guys moved to Lubbock a few years back.
1: Uh yeah, so it's actually going on seven now, seven years.
0: Seven years, okay. Is there any way that you're gonna move away from
1: Lubbock because <laughs> Lubbock? Yeah, I um so I it's funny, uh you know so as you know we moved from Albuquerque. Right. and you know big culture shock from New Mexico to Texas and I came over kicking and screaming you know like man that's all I know but I've actually like really really um I flourished here honestly like I love Texas I love everybody from here you know like great community um I, th- I feel like love it kind of gets a bad rap you know like the people are cool you know and we got really everything that you need um but I mean I I, I get it you know as like a as an 18-year-old, I should, like, you know, want to, like, go out into, like, a big city or something. But, I mean, I if I if I end up living here and raising my kids here, I really wouldn't be too mad at that,
0: I think. That's dope, dude. And, no, I just give Lubbock a hard time because everyone <laughs> in Texas gives Lubbock a hard time. I mean, there's nothing yeah, but everybody. dirt out there. It's a college town um, and <laughs> a lot of alcoholism. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. But I would say... As much as I love my home, as much as I love our home, it's probably a lot better. Lubbock is a lot better than Albuquerque was. Yeah. like
1: I, I certainly agree with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I I have mad love for Albuquerque is the thing. Like, I love the mountains. I love the culture. It's just, I don't know, dude, just the way that things have been going. I don't know. Since I left this state, I feel like things have been taking a turn for the
1: worst in, in New
0: Mexico. But what do you think? I mean, I
1: think, you know, you started, like, with this whole draconian lockdown things. you know, like, I feel like everything started, you know, taking a turn for the worst. really. Um, yeah. I mean, I really haven't kept up with it. I just know from my grandma, who I, you know, I keep in contact with. there's is a lot of stuff that, I mean, it, it, it's kind of always been set up for failure, you know, yeah. kind of given what, what it has, it doesn't really have, you know, a lot for it. But I, I mean, I agree with you. There, there are some really redeeming stuff about it, like the culture and like the mountains are beautiful. But I mean, without you know proper you know I guess uh, maintenance for really anything, it, it can all go to crap usually. And I mean, I, I you know I'm having a hard time remembering because <laughs> I you know I got so much all this stuff. But I mean, I just I, I remember like one thing that pops in my head is like the APS Albu- Albuquerque Public Schools. Yeah, like. It was just that was that was bad. Like the, the schooling that I had here in Texas versus the schooling that I had in like Albuquerque uh-huh. were different. I mean public school sucks in general. Right. But like <laughs> it was it was superior in Texas at least.
0: How come and,
1: I mean what that
0: why do you think that? Like what did you notice the difference was between public schooling in Texas versus public schooling in New Mexico?
1: Um I would say that the the biggest thing would be Parent like intervention, like the involvement, I should say. Mm. Like mm-hmm. in Texas, we have, we have, you know, everybody knows, or excuse me, in Lubbock, everybody knows everybody. Like our football stadium is due in part, why it's so amazing is because football is religion here in Texas. But right. like the, my bestest, um, oh, what was it? No, 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 no. Oh, that's not true. This kid that I happen to know, uh, I think his name is brayden his dad worked for a bank uh like lubbock first national or something and they like contributed a crazy amount of money to the football stadium right as like Braden started to go to high school mm-hmm. and maybe that has something to do with it but like even like even as far as like extracurricular stuff like we we're extremely like we have a lot of funding for them like uh our ag or our ag program gets like 100 million dollars a year or something ridiculous like that Dang. whereas like in yeah. in albuquerque from the little bit that I remember for Jefferson Middle School. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we were, like, our textbooks were falling apart and stuff.
0: Yeah, dude, I went to Jefferson, too, and honestly, I don't remember too much of, like, the <laughs> the schooling aspect of it. I had some good teachers, for sure, but I think that you're right about the whole um, parent embold- or involvement, did you say, or emboldment?
1: In, in, I guess both, but involvement is what I said.
0: Yeah, I mean, the parenting in New Mexico could be a lot better. Like just being involved in your kids schooling. I I feel like a lot of people just don't care. And that just has to do with, you know, the systems, all kinds of systems failing in New Mexico from, I don't know, just from the top down, you know, the governors have not been that great. I mean, I don't know, we could go into it as much as We'd like to, but I just don't really want to. I feel like a lot of people are going to get mad at me for shitting on New Mexico again. And the thing is, I told you, I have like mad love for it, but it's just, it needs to do better. And what I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, the difference between Texas and New Mexico. Not just that, but like, obviously Texas is more conservative than New Mexico is like by far. Do you think that that has something to do with how the way of life is in each state?
1: Well yeah, certainly I, I I really do think it does. I mean, y- you look at like places like uh like New Mexico that are pretty liberal, right you you basically have you know like w- with with the, with the concept of like liberalism, you want you know as many people in the government as possible, and what that means is you have you know like a like uh basically an unlike checked few ruling every aspect of your life, which that is a concept which is government. Yeah. Is just it's just bad news, you know? Whereas in Texas we're way more conservative and we want less people, you know, like dictating everything of our lives. I, I mean, I guess, um, you know, like for instance, like I guess the reason why I would think Texas is superior in that case in terms of conservatism. I mean, we live outside the city limits here in Texas, and anytime we need anything, we have a private company come in and they do it in a week, right? Because they want to cut costs, they want to cut time, they're you know, they they have people to answer to. Mm -hmm. Whereas in in New Mexico, I would imagine, and I'm a little ignorant to like New Mexico government. Like I really, I I don't, haven't delved much into it, but I I certainly know in my opinion that Texas is superior. Um, But like, I mean, even there was like construction that when I left and came back, it was still going on. Right. And the
0: construction that went on in New Mexico too, they had this whole project for this bus system that one just created more traffic for people down on Central. So everyone said it, too. Like, why did we even have this project go down? It was just poor civil engineering on that part. Coming from a civil engineer, they didn't even need to do that project. They just wanted to make it more aesthetically pleasing. And it just cost them a butt-ton of money.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's kind of, I mean, if you, if you were to sit down with people who, you know, like, that actually, you know, are you know, that, that suffer from traffic or, or have to deal with, you know, the commute in in, in Mexico, yeah. you know, they would probably tell you, Hey, no, 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 go on that. But since it's more progressive and way more liberal, you, you have a basically, I mean, the people are disenfranchised. They don't really get to say because they have like 70 people, you know, like the, they have like an office of, Oh, well, you got to talk to this guy, talk to this guy, talk to this guy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, conservative systems aren't really like that. It's, it's more, I mean, I, the people in Texas get together and uh, in terms of government way less than they do in, in liberal states.
0: Gotcha. See, I'm not very privy to the way that the government is run in Texas or in New Mexico. So that's why I'm asking you these things. I don't know why I asked you. Like, I just figured, you know, maybe you might know you're so young, Lewis. you're 18 and you're just, you're, you're way more involved than I ever was when I was 18. Like I started getting interested in politics when I was like 20 or in in twenty eighteen is when I started getting involved, so good on you, dude. I think that a lot of more young people need to get involved and aware of like what's going on in the country
1: thank you i mean i I you know as like i I've been blessed to to come to to Texas where you know like like I said, the public school was you know vastly different, and I mean I had some really awesome teachers like uh I had a teacher, Mr. Enlaw, my government teacher mm-hmm. who you know, I I just kind of I like to have conversations. You know, I don't I don't learn like other people do. You know, where it's like you sit down and you read a you know you read a piece of paper and then you like answer A B and C. I like to like really delve deep into that stuff. And um, Mr. Enlow, like if you're if you're hearing this, Mr. Enlow, I love you and thank you for teaching me everything you taught me. But I mean, I I would I came in with this with what is told around me and what kind of I absorbed. And then I, I, you know, explained it to him and talked to him the best that I understood it and then he would he would, you know, oh, well, good point. But and and I mean that's I, I do agree with you that a lot of young people don't do that, you know, and I don't really want to crap on my age group, but like in government class, that was the class where you slept in and my econ class is the same thing. And I was the only one that would like piss everybody off because I would ask questions and then they would like lead tell their stuff. But um I don't know. I've always just kind of been curious, you know. And That's awesome. I think politics is politics is a pretty awesome thing to get into. It's all encompassing, and it, it, it's you know, people. It's it's like science sometimes, and it's a, it's a lot of things. And I think it's pretty
0: awesome. Statistics, people. There, yeah, yeah. You're like you said, it's pretty well rounded. Louis, your your camera is kind of like cutting in and out. I was wondering if like, I don't know, <laughs> you could do something on your end to help it be more stable. Nice, you got it. Um, is that good? Yeah, totally. Um, that's good. That's good to have a curious mind. Honestly, I, I think some people, or I think a lot of people, just capitulate and just coalesce with what the narrative is today to to seem like they are involved or to seem like they are with whatever movement is you know deemed as more compassionate or just on the right side of history. I guess does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> but oh, um, yeah, certainly.
1: Yeah, that's I I totally agree with that. Um, I'm put it um one second. So like. If my camera just pops off, just, like, put your thumb up or something because, like, it's working fine on my end, but, like, every time that you say it turns off, I just click on and then click off, and then it it turns back on for some reason. I don't know why it keeps turning off.
0: Okay. No worries. Sounds good. I will do this when you just need to adjust it.
1: Um, Okay. That's the signal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the signal. Um, But, yeah, so I wanted to ask you, what got you interested in, like, or not what got you interested, but more what led you to... I guess know, or be um, revealed to you that you were more conservative than you were liberal.
1: Um, I mean, it really, it really comes down to values. I think, for me, um, there's just a lot of things that, you know, for the most part, as a, as like a, you know, as a kid my age, you know, you absorb all the social media stuff, and for the most part, like it's all oh yeah, it's, you know, uh, you know, you got to be empathetic. You got to be all these things. And and for the most part, those are good virtues. But, you know, as I started getting into uh, like my faith more, you know, um, I started to, to take some pretty like, you know, heavy self inventory and seeing like where I was and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of, you know, led me onto a pathway to like realize that a lot of this, you know, leftist virtue signaling that they do is, you know, it's, it's simply signaling. It's not, it's, it's pseudo virtuous. It's not yeah. really, you know, it's, it's, it's not substantive. And I, um, you know, like for instance, you know, the leftist culture right now, you know, is very into um, like the idea of like, like the suburban white, white family, is like the most terrible thing on the planet. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, in you know, in, in the, you know, as a religious person, one of the most fundamental things, uh, you know, aside from faith in Jesus Christ is having a strong family, you know, a Christ centered home. Right. And as you, you know, as you start to delve into like leftist ideology, you know, that sometimes even borders on religion, you know, um, it, it, it wants to dismantle that. And it's kind of, it's kind of funny because if you even like look into that even a little more, like the communist manifesto, yeah. one of the first things that you have to completely destroy and get rid of is the family unit, which this Amer you know, American experiment was built on. And I, I mean, basically, since I love the idea of a family, you know, I, I, there's a lot of stuff that I'm already basically set up to disagree with in terms of like leftist ideology and as I started looking you know more and more into it I just started disagreeing and disagreeing and which kind of further put me into my conservative you know conservative uh alignment I should say
0: gotcha no and that's really cool that you had that revelation at seriously such a young age I know I keep emphasizing that but that is really pretty cool that you are starting to understand that more as an 18 year old because when I was 18 I think when everyone is 18 they'll say like I didn't know anything I seriously did not and that's when you're just starting your life so that's good on you dude I'm not saying it's like the best thing to be conservative but I think that that's just cool that you know that about yourself because it's not popular at all like have you yeah. gotten a lot of slander for being conservative I don't know if you would living in Lubbock but
1: uh you know I I would say that I you know I haven't had like death threats like some of my, you know, conservative friends that I like to listen to have but um I mean, you know, even in even in like my family, like you know, Polly and Christina and Anna, Anna, you know, used to live in California. Yeah. Uh, Christina, you know, she's she lived in Dallas for a while. They all hated like I, you know, I um not you know, I'm conservative. I I supported Trump. Like I really I liked his, you know, I liked his his um, policies. And, you know, because of the idea of intersectionalism, you know, like because I like Trump or because I like his policies, that makes me a racist bigot homophobe.
0: Yeah. And
1: anytime Yeah, and anytime I would like bring it up, you know, at the family table, which is the cliche, you know, I'd get yelled at and <laughs> ostracized. But that's that's about the most that's probably the most uh you know, that's probably the hardest I've ever had it with my sisters yelling at me.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, you're a racist, Latino. Welcome to the club.
1: Yeah, I, I just hate my own race.
0: Yeah. We're sellouts, aren't we?
1: <laughs> I guess so.
0: There was this thing. Um, there was this video. Have you seen the video of Joe Biden basically saying that minorities can't use the Internet?
1: I put that in the family group chat, actually. Yeah, I did see it.
0: <laughs> what did they say? We're going to pull that up here in a second. But what did your family say?
1: Um, you know, they have learned that typically when I, you know, want to do that, it's for the reaction. So that I can like, you know, you know, have my own like premeditated thing. But I, I kind of put something funny, you know, like the the SpongeBob meme where he's like that, you know, and he's like he says it in capital and on like lowercase like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: I put uh, I put we're too stupid to use the online. <laughs> where to <laughs> reply. I thought it was funny though.
0: That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, um, Charlie's gonna pull pull up the video here now. And uh, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, uh, but Luis, but we'll see.
1: The, uh, the other part portion is a lot of people don't know how to register, not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic
0: and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use, know how to get online we to, don't know how to get online. how to get in line We're for in line that COVID vaccination. Things. At the at the Walgreens or at at, at the particular store. The, uh, the this other- dude, I cannot handle him. He is, he is a, he's something.
1: Well, you know, he's kind of he's kind of represent. You know, he's a good representation of like what the leftist thinks of minority groups. You know, like, yeah. and, and my, I mean, it, it's especially. I mean, that's. I mean, he didn't write what he said. He probably was, I, I can't, was he off, was he on teleprompter there?
0: I don't think he was. Honestly, I think that he's at a point of his derangement where he is saying what's in his mind and he doesn't know that what he's saying is bad. <laughs> like, yeah, he's just pulling that from when he was in his younger days. Because you know that um his mentor was like an ex-member of the KKK,
1: Right. Yeah, I, I did know that. It, and then he, like, praised him at his death, didn't he? Yeah, like he yeah. he that as eulogy? Yep,
0: yep. I'm glad you know that, because not a lot of people know that Joe Biden's mentor oh, no, because, was part of the KKK.
1: Yeah, you put, you know, CNN or any of those, you know, like, you know, establishment media will never report on that because they have an agenda push. for the <laughs> signal.
0: The signal. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they do have an agenda push. And the thing is, That's also why I'm more conservative, too, is because of the blatant hypocrisy that more so comes from the left. I know that on the right, there is definitely hypocrisy. There's hypocrisy on both sides just because it's politics. But I think that it's way more apparent on the left because say that Trump had a mentor who was part of the KKK and he said and he gave a really nice eulogy. People would never forget that. But they can brush past this because it's Joe Biden and because he's a Democrat,
1: you know. Right. Yeah, I. That's absolutely what it is, and I mean, it's just it's it's so it's so corrupt is really what it is. I mean, you know what that brings to my to you know to my mind is when you know during uh, like right before the election, uh, Joe Biden had uttered something about you know he said you know <laughs> the black community with few exceptions you know, are not a very diverse group and, and don't, you know, they all kind of think the same. Whereas Latinos, on the other hand, you know, at least he praised us a little bit. At but least. Still, like That's blatant racism. and like, the C- not, not zip about it on CNN. Or nope. anything. Nope. Like the, and, and if it was, if somebody was to publish something about how blatantly racist that is, censored. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. That's funny that you mentioned that I, gosh, I'm getting so bad at this, but I really need to be reminded of all the things that the Democrats do in the past because I forget. I was like, oh yeah, that happened. He said that black people were not diverse in their thinking. But you know what? <laughs> Yay for Latinos yeah. for being diverse. Here we are, two conservative <laughs> Latinos. <laughs> so Super Latin, diverse. You
1: know, yeah, and, and and like Donald Trump will say something as, as a simple slip up of tongue, and even correct himself after. Like uh, he said, Thailand. He's like, Thailand. They <laughs> yeah. won't let you forget that. You'll you'll hear that for months. Yeah. You know, oh, what a xenophobe hates Thailand. And then you know, literally in recent memory, you know, you have Joe Biden utterly saying that black people can't think. You know, outside of the you know, or 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 even better, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. <laughs> yep. Yep. You it's ain't like, black.
0: <sighs> yeah. No, the dude is senile for sure. Um, but yeah. Oh gosh, I had a I had a thought in mind, but it it escapes me. yeah, so that's the thing too. I I mean, I just don't understand how people who are really good-hearted people, like probably true liberals at heart, they just don't know it, can honestly just go with what the Democratic Party is becoming, you know? Like how can you not see that there is so much hypocrisy? Oh, that's what I was going to say. Do you remember when they gave uh, Mike Pence a lot of, um, I wanted to... They gave him a lot of shit for for not saying Kamala Harris is right for not pronouncing pronouncing her name right, and then yeah. at the inauguration, Sonia Sotomayor pronounced her name incorrectly and not a peep.
1: Well, yeah, because I mean, why? I hate I hate the Democratic like apparatus. Like the the left is terrible, you know. But I absolutely commend them for how effective they are in in manipulating people into into completely being almost you know sometimes even complicit in what they're doing like there's just some some outright crazy like you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of 1984 oh my god yeah signal where okay signal boom i don't know why it keeps turning off i'm on a macbook that's it well well, get rid of all your apple products it's not a big deal to just click it and then unclick it but like what was i saying Oh, like, uh, what, what was the main character's name? Winston, Winston, right. Winston, you know, like there would be uh, a discrepancy in what big brother said about like the certain portion of chocolate that they get at the beginning of the week. And then it, it turns out that, you know, they Oceania couldn't distribute two grams of chocolate and it'd be reduced down to one. So what they had to do is they had to run background and they had to delete and destroy all of the newspapers saying two grams and then reprinting to like saying one gram. Yep. That's absolutely like that's it's it's, it's crazy because it happens right before your eyes, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. if you, you know, if you're not like Winston and you're not red-pilled, you know, that's kind of what it seems like, then you kind of just go along with it. Yeah. And, and it, it, like, but kind of what I was saying, like I absolutely commend their their ability to like, I forget who's the philosopher that talked about completely destroying mm-hmm. your enemy. Like you can't even, like you burn down libraries, you kill their kids and you just destroy all evidence that they even existed. That's what the Democrats are doing. And they're doing it effectively. Like, yeah. if I was a Democrat and I wanted to, you know, make sure that nobody would ever vote, like, Republican ever again, I'd be doing what they're doing. And I, I like... but
0: It's at so the easy. Same time,
1: it's it's so evil, too. Mm-hmm. It is.
0: It is so evil because they play the victim and they know that that, that is effective because they know that people, conservatives and um, liberals alike, are compassionate people. There are compassionate yeah. conservatives... We exist.
1: And yeah, so the they Americans. use that
0: victimhood mentality to get what they want because people have compassion for other people. So whenever you say, like, I'm the victim of this, and you turn that and spin it so that you can gaslight people who are not of the same kind of mentality that you're on, you can, you know, have a lot of power over them.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you see that especially in terms of, like, I mean, it's if, like if, if something is basic is basic communication and language. You know, like the, the whole PC thing where if you don't, you know, add an extra alphabet at the end of the LGBTQ plus or whatever it is, you know, yeah. like then you're, you're all of a sudden you're you're a blatant racist and you have to apologize. And, and it's kind of like the in Game of Thrones, like, you know, oh, who was the king, I forget, King Stark was or he was going to be like the king. Was, I don't know. But anyway, you know, you take the knee for King Joffrey and they take your head. Mm-hmm. you know and and that's kind of the civilization we live in you know like or or the society that we live in where it's like uh, like um Amy Coney Barrett she said preference which by all accounts you know up until that point was completely fine but because she wanted to paint Amy Coney Barrett as a you know transgender gay hater yeah. she all of a sudden said oh hey preference don't ever use that word that is extremely offensive and then Merriam Webster Uh, changed it preference as a pejorative offensive term yeah signal big brother
0: yeah no I'm so glad you mentioned that too because yeah who is Maisie Hirono the the senator who who implied that that the the word sexual preference or the the phrase was offensive like is she gay is she transgender how can she be offended for a whole group of people like that just doesn't make sense but i think that that's what the left does too i honestly think that a lot of people weren't offended before some leftist most likely woman and i'm not i'm not trying to be sexist when i say that but like most likely woman because i know how certain women think and manipulation is honestly like a It is a flaw of women. It's also a flaw of men, too, but in this way... Oh, gosh. A lot of people have tuned off right now. I know it. What I'm trying to say is I think that it is likely that a leftist woman was to make this kind of tactic on the left because, um, you know, it's just easy to want to be compassionate towards women. It's easy because we're gentle, we are soft. So I think really good men will say like, okay, I will, I want to protect you. I want to comfort you. And So they are easily manipulated because some women lie in that sense. What I'm trying to get to though is that this tactic was established and now a lot of people are going along with it and are being offended for all these different groups of people who were never offended in the first place, but now they think they have to be offended, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just, it's, they they want to paint you, you see they they have gone into the realm of like the, the the idea of hate speech right yeah they they want to make you say something and, and they can change it as quick as that they want you to get something to say something that's offensive and then they you know they're getting to a point where they're like oh well that speech is harmful that's that's harmful to these to these groups so we have the right to 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 hit you we have the right to shut you up entirely. And I mean, that's very extremely reminiscent of what the brown shirts did, right? They they would go in, this speech is harmful. I mean in German, obviously. But they Oh would yeah, go tell me about campuses. that. I'm
0: not I don't know what that is. The Brown shirts.
1: Yeah, so so uh, very early Nazi Party, they would they would storm college campuses where they're basically saying, Hey, fascism's bad. We shouldn't be going along with this. The Brown shirts would go in, make a bunch of ruckus and not allow communication. And you know, they started you know there's just like you couldn't hit you you know you could not criticize Hitler in any respect at all and they had a militarized group of people walking into campuses and making sure that people couldn't have any defensive thought and that's that's what you see today is that you know I mean Ben Shapiro is trying to talk at a campus about free speech one of the least controversial things and you have a bunch of idiotic indoctrinated liberal students that are in there screaming at the top of their lungs so that there can't be, uh, you know, a of information or just a different like just a different thought, because that's extremely destructive to fascist ideologies, which is looking like the left is going towards more and more.
0: Yeah. And it's all for power. It's honestly all for power because... Yeah no one if oh, you Brian. if you're an individualist you think for yourself and you'll eventually catch on that not all of these democratic politicians are who they say they are and are not going to do what they say they're going to do
1: just like Joe Biden yeah. but yeah i mean we've gotten into the to the idea that like like man like it's pseudo like the pseudo religious yeah. aspect of the democratic party is frightening like yeah. when when Joe Biden won and you know we didn't they didn't have like the big inauguration party they, you know, you had, uh, I forget who it was on CNN, but he was just like, the candles are represented, you know, they represent Joe Biden's arms grabbing America and saving it from Donald Trump's America. And it's like, that is cultish. Like that, that yeah. is, is—that that yeah, like it sent sort a of shiver down my spine. And I, you know, like it, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, Big Brother knows what's best for you.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they want you to love like, Big Brother, is the thing. Like, they'll do anything yeah. they possibly can to make you love Big Brother.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, my libertarian side, there, there's two things that government should serve as, right? Two things only, you know, say, you know to, to protect you from foreign invaders and to protect you from your neighbors. So, like, fire department, you know, police, so on. That's the basic thing. But we've gotten to a point where, I mean, you know, the founders wanted us to have a really big say into who's elected senator and, and so on granted not a full democracy because that democracy you know pure democracy leads you to like Robespierre where there's seventy thousand beheadings in a day mm-hmm. right yeah so but you know it the founders were under the impression that the the people of America would be educated enough to you know basically I you know I can't help but think that it's Big brother or Facebook or whoever owns Skype wanting to <laughs> disrupt us right now like i think that's what it is eventually i think it will be <laughs> skype who'd have thought bill no. gates man he he doesn't want us to talk about oh nothing god to, bill we're liberating gates. people we're liberating people's minds and he doesn't want us to do that but so you're getting the vaccine i'm guessing me <laughs> what's that
0: you're getting the vaccine i'm guessing me yeah big fan of, of bill gates right
1: Oh no, I hate Bill Gates.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan either. That was a, that was a bit of a stretch. Thanks for playing though. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no, I think that you're totally right. And it's funny, I think that there's this really trite thing that people on the left say a lot, like, Oh, our our democracy is under attack. Like our democracy? Like, yeah, it is our democracy, we the people. But like you don't care about half of the country. So how is it our democracy? And
1: or or like or like the constant need to castigate. Like the the other political aisles, like oh, they're big. You know, they shouldn't count. They you know they should be shut up and censored at all costs because they you know they. I mean, they say that they're racist, but really they just have a you know they differing opinion.
0: Yeah, and then that's a trite thing to say too. Now, like if someone's a racist, it's 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 like crying wolf because there are real racists in the world, and if you're constantly calling people who think differently than you a racist, then when an actual racist is presented in front of you. No one's going to believe you.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it, it kind of goes back to the Orwellian concept of like newspeak, right? You have the malleability of language and all of a sudden anything that you want to be a racist can all of a sudden be a racist. If I can change the definition of racist or what qualifies somebody as a racist, a racist, then I can, it's, it's an all encompassing term. I right. mean, like, the, you know, they're, they're pushing it more and more that the color of your skin Immediately makes you a racist that so there's implicit bias. It's Ibram X Kendi yeah. bullcrap ideology, and because of that, you need to be you need to you need to do all that you can to to be anti-racist, which is yeah scary.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, it is, and people fall for it is a thing. Like I, don't, I just don't understand how people don't agree with it. I think that they're really scared to just dissent or just even stray away from the Democratic Party today because they'll get slander from their friends, like. All your friends, like, you know, all your friends are Democrats, so you have to be a Democrat too, otherwise they're not going to be your friend anymore. That's what happened to me. I mean, I was never a Democrat. My friends knew that. But since last year, I mean, I've lost friendships just because I think differently and they know who I am. They know that I treat people with kindness. Like, that's just who I am. Like, the Lord calls us to treat everyone with dignity and respect, regardless of where they, what they look like, where they come from, all that. And... It still was not enough how I treated people. It just mattered that I was conservative, so that automatically made me a racist, a homophobe, a transphobe, and all of the above.
1: I mean, they weren't really friends then. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I, that's totally true. I mean, yeah, you know, I I, I had a similar experience. Um, I'm not very political on my on my social media, um, but I had had this like amazing conversation with with the with this girl that I met at a party. And she, you know, she told me that she was a lesbian and dang it. Every time I get into like the nitty gritty. Yeah. No, so, so lesbian me,
0: turned off camera.
1: <laughs> I, um, well, she told me that you know, she, she, you know, she told me that she hated religion because mm-hmm. she grew up in Spain and there's a lot of Catholics out there that mm-hmm. basically wanted to paint her as like, a, you know, like a crazy, like devil worshiping person. And I, I basically told them, like, then, you know, if, if, if they were so-called Christians, then they wouldn't have hated you because, you know, Jesus Christ taught us to love thy enemy, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I wouldn't even paint, like, people that are lesbians as enemies, but, like, for, for all intents and purposes, like, to that, you know, like, just the opposition or whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah. And
1: I basically showed her a really compassionate side of what, what Christians should be, if so myself. But I was just really kind and, and accepting. And we had a great conversation, and you know it, you know she basically just you know i hopefully i it, i would say that we she, we did like I did change her mind a little bit on that all Christians were like you know prejudiced gay h- haters, you know yeah, and like we were we were friends for a while, and um you know on my story, I posted that I was voting for Donald Trump, and immediately all of that was completely
0: all Down of the, the compassion
1: that I showed her yeah like i apparently I'm a racist big at according to her. Which isn't true, just because of the way because like we differ opinions, you know yeah, and that's that's where we're at right now, and you know kind of kinda of to the whole like pseudo religious thing that the you know that the left is nowadays, um like <laughs> joe biden it, it, like he 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 like after the after the what was the January sixth the riot at the capitol, right, yeah he was able to use that. Winston Churchill said this. He said never waste a good crisis. He said something like that. I'm mm-hmm. butchering it, but you know that was a terrible moment in American history which could have brought everybody together because Republicans hate riots, right? Yes. Democrats, you know, hated Republicans, but anyway, it could have been a moment where like Joe Biden could have showed that hey, I'm actually for unity. I'm actually yes. for solidarity of Americans. But instead, what the Democratic Party chose to do was say, "Hey, everybody that voted donald trump are these people yeah you know that and that's that's kind of where we're at right now it's just i mean and it's its brilliant they're able to divide the country in such a way that you know they can use for political gain
0: yeah. when
1: america notoriously was strong when we were able to get our crap together you know
0: yeah no we were uh i don't know we've been We, as a human race, have just been dwindling since the the beginning of time, honestly. Ever since the fall, we've just been not good. We've been progressively not good. But um, I actually wanted to get into that, too, to to segue into faith. I mean, what got you into your faith? Like, (laughs) I asked my sister this before we had our calls, like, Is Lewis Mormon? I don't know. I don't want to ask, but are you Mormon? Like you, I checked your Facebook and you're part of the Church of Latter-day Saints. So I just wanted to confirm if that is what being a Mormon is.
1: Yeah. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is like the, you know, I'm not about, I'm not about all that PC culture stuff, but like technically that's the right designation. Uh, And we read, you know, out of the Book of Mormon. So that's kind of where like the term Mormons come from. Gotcha. Uh but yeah, I am I'm fully fledged Mormon.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. So what got you into that? Like what how old were you when you were first um introduced to the Church of Latter
1: day Saints? Um so just a little so not about the PC culture, but it's Church of Jesus Christ. Oh I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry. Jesus no,
1: no, no, no. Christ. <laughs> okay. No, you're good, you're good. And and the reason why Please that's don't so cancel me. You know? No. <laughs> <laughs> The Mormons don't have a lot of pull in the cancel culture uh, part of the arena. But, uh, but no, so the reason why there's such an emphasis on getting away from the term Mormon and uh, like Latter-day Saint is, is because we are, in fact, like the Church of Jesus Christ, right? That's all we, that's, you know, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He atoned for all of our sins. Mm-hmm. And we believe in, you know, Heavenly Father. And like, you know, typically it's like, oh, the Mormon Jesus. Right, which is a lot of like anti-Mormon rhetoric, which is kind of insulting and really weird because the same Jesus who died for all of our sins is the same Jesus, like unilaterally. Yeah, he's the same
0: yesterday, today, and forever.
1: There you go. That's that's why we love him so much. But um, what what kind of got me into it was, I mean, you know, high school for me, uh, high school for me was (laughs) was was kind of like a i mean there's a there's a concept right that uh Dave Ramsey talks about living like nobody else, so that you eventually you can live like nobody like nobody else, <laughs> and because of you know the the blessings that I have in my, you know I've had in my life where I've had such an industrious dad and such a caring mother, you know i I was I'm set up for so much, I have so much potential, and not to say that people that don't have that aren't, but you know especially me, I'm exceptionally privileged to have such a loving family and I mean, uh, high school is a place that you can squander a lot or take advantage of a lot, especially in this amazing country that we live in. Um, And it started off where I was kind of just squandering it. You know, I wasn't, you know, living up to my potential, but I was chasing after the the idea of like, or I was just chasing after like what pop culture told me was, was good. And, you know, like having as many friends as possible, having, you know, social media following and going to as many parties as possible. And that's really what, sophomore and freshman year look like but I started to notice like this huge huge like gaping lack of fulfillment in my life you know I had all the friends and I had all the parties like I was in, you know I had social clout if you will and it just didn't bring me any happiness it wasn't substantive and um like I I would say that my, I mean granted we we know who Jesus Christ is in the house certainly but we never really went to church and we never really had a community of like, like for church, uh, you know, particularly my home and my bestest friend, Austin, uh, actually his family was, you know, they're devout, um, uh, members of the church of Jesus Christ. And, you know, like I would feel such amazing feelings when like I was with them, you know, because they, they cared about me so much. I, mean, I I was, I was friends with Austin for five years. Um, and they would invite me to the home like it was not an issue. They loved me. They really did, and I really felt that. And it started off really superficial, like, uh, to be Christian or, or to be, you know, to be LDS mm-hmm. um, because they, they have all this, you know, these, this glorious, glamorous lifestyle, and that's kind of what I went after. I was like, you know what? Lack of fulfillment of life, in my life it, it has to do with the fact that, you know, I don't have any direction. I want to be Mormon is what I told Austin, like straight up. And he was like... You're messing with me. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And granted, like, his relationship, our relationship was kind of weird because, like, he would never, he he wouldn't expose me to that at all because sometimes in LDS culture, it's like, you want to convert everybody. That's kind of like the thing. But he was especially scared of that because he knew that it was true, but he was scared to expose me to it and then I would reject it.
0: Mm, That's the thing. That's the hard thing because, I mean, Christians outside of the... Church of Jesus Christ, like, it's the same thing, too. Yeah, like, we're going out for the Great Commission of just, like, converting people of all nations, tribes and tongues to, you know, profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So that can be hard when someone doesn't have the same faith as you, you know, to just really say, like, hey, let me tell you about my
1: faith. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I certainly agree. And, I mean, Austin, Austin wasn't, you know, he was he was outright that he didn't want to scare me away, really is what it was. Right and um i mean but his family you know his family were a little more uh you know they they you know steph who who's you know quickly became my second mother you know she would she would try she'd like you know extend it out and um you know long story short you know after professing that i wanted to be a mormon for like all the materialistic parts of it i started to get into it more and more and i started to realize like truly it is the church of jesus christ like it has brought me nothing but happiness. It, it has certainly gotten me closer to to Jesus Christ, really, you know, which is, which is utter, like his charity and love personified. And so much so, you know, I'm so passionate and so changed of heart, so much so that I'm willing to spend two years of my life to profess that love to other people. Definitely. And I mean, it, it's certainly been a blessing on my life. And it's, you know, through the scope of like having Jesus Christ in your life, so much changes for the better. Everything changes for the
0: better. I completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. And that's actually super inspiring and encouraging coming from you just to go out and be a missionary. I did want to ask you about, you know, I did want to ask you about um, the Mormon. Uh, sorry, the, the Church of Jesus Christ in uh-huh. Latter-day Saints. <laughs> but just your faith in general, because it is a sect of Christianity, but there's this whole other book that is ta- outside of the Bible. So I just wanted to ask you about that because I used to have a friend in college who she told me a little bit more about um, her faith cause she had the same one. And I just don't want to butcher anything. Like I know this isn't like, this is a safe space or this is a you place could, where could, we can be non-PC. Say, Would you, you be offended if I just said Mormonism or calling no, you Mormon? Not at all. No, okay, cool. No. I'm just gonna keep going with that then. Um, okay. so she was Mormon, her family is Mormon, and she would tell me, Yeah, um, I used to go to this fortune teller in our church and camera. <laughs> she said that I used to go to this fortune teller at church, and he told me, like, you know, who my future husband would be and all this other stuff. I was like, Doesn't the Bible say not to go to fortune tellers? Like, is that not in the book of Mormon or yeah?
1: Um, so I think uh, she, I, I, you know, so it, it patriarch is, the uh, is the designation. Okay. And basically it's just, uh, it's not, it doesn't really tell you who your future husband is, um, or anything like that. It, it kind of just tells you like, it's just like, it's called a patriarchal blessing. And that's, okay. uh, it's just basically, it's, I mean, I, I would say that it's, I would say that it's pretty, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of a source of inspiration really. Um, and it's, um, as a designated like office in the church which is patriarch who um basically blesses you to to like have a virtuous life that and i mean it wasn't like you know i if she had a patriarch that was like your husband's going to be philip williams that's that that's wrong
0: gotcha <laughs> so i was totally difficult. butchering it but that sounds actually more accurate from now that i'm recalling our conversation that actually sounds way more accurate than what i just said yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it, you know, it basically just tells you like, I mean, I'm not going to get into my personal one cause it's kind of like a sacred thing, but yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's basically like, Hey, you know, you have immense potential to be a leader and given your, um, you know, given some of your lineage and your ancestry, like, you know, that's very, very broad, but it's basically like a, just, just a blessing of virtue, like, you know, strive to, to be a leader, strive to take heed of the command and to to be a leader in your family so like stuff like that i mean i wouldn't say that it's a fortune but it, it is it is said that um it does have some pretty heavy implications on like what your life should look like and what you should kind of abide by which is i would say it's more of like um like a personal constitution almost
0: gotcha i don't know dude for me that that sounds a little bit more like a fortune to me like it if it has implications as to you know what your life should look like, isn't that kind of making you think, oh, this is what my life should look like, so I should follow this.
1: Granted, like... Um, it, it, but it's, it's not necessarily like, you know, it, it should never be like, oh, yeah, you know, be a politician. But you're going to work at McDonald's. Like, it's not like that. Gotcha. It's a good life. Basically. Gotcha. So, I mean, it's... I would say that, like, you know, so long as you abide by the commandments of God... You know, and you you strive to live a Christian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's it's all gonna pretty much look like the same. Where it's like you're you know it's all virtuous, which is one of the most amazing things about religion is that you know you're, you're promised blessings if you abide by the commandments. And that's that's I would say it's more along those lines more so than it is like a like a fortune. But
0: gotcha, gotcha. And I just wanted to ask you more because. Um... I don't know. It's just interesting. I don't know too much about it. And like I said, my friend from back in 2018, I asked her a lot about it. And is this true that Mormons have like this, this room allocated in their house where they're just preparing for the second coming? Is that right? Like they have like canned um, food and um, like, pillows and storage, like just stuff for something that might happen? Like, th- like if worse comes to worse, they are prepared.
1: So I don't know about a particular room, um, but I certainly know that the church definitely advocates for having like a, I wouldn't say it's necessarily for the second coming, but it's just contingency plans. Like okay. basically it basically just prompts you, like it tells you that the church advocates for having savings, right? Okay. Which is just logistical. Yeah. Is just being smart. Yeah. And then uh, like having rations of food just in case like there's a particular power outage or something that recently just happened to us. Um but yeah, like it's it's not. I wouldn't say that it's you know for the second coming because if you're living you know a righteous lifestyle, you, sh- you shouldn't be worried about the second coming. So.
0: Right. And see, that's just my ignorance showing. I didn't know that it wasn't for the second coming, and that was me honestly
1: just being ignorant and transparent. <laughs> no, you're good. You're, you're good. Uh, no, and I mean, it's certainly. I love questions like this, uh, and I'm gonna do a lot of them as a missionary, obviously. Uh, but I, I just, I mean, you shouldn't be afraid. To, um you know in in our culture you know people are afraid to ask questions right because you you don't want to offend anybody but i mean that's how you really get to know stuff that's true and you know like that's kind of what they they want you to bask in ignorance by making questions scary because they don't want you to you know to to, you know stumble upon you know knowledge and that's why they make everything hard to communicate but as far as asking questions like this i mean i love to answer them my dad my dad is like he's pretty anti. So he just, you know, he hits me upside the head with a lot of stuff and I'm pretty used to it. So Gotcha. But for all intents and purposes, I mean, I can understand, you know, especially as being a convert, being a convert to the faith. Um, you know, I certainly had a lot of questions and I, I came in a skeptic, you know, as, as much as I was like, I want to be a Mormon. And then I started like taking the lessons. There was a lot of stuff that, you know, I started. I had to learn the concept of doubting my doubt before doubting my faith. Mm.
0: Um,
1: And I mean, as I as I had those doubts, you know, and just cling on to okay. Well, you you know, I've learned this. So the you know the the voice of the world, right, and the voice of other people, you know, or it's like a shouting voice in your head, right? It's like a constant nagging, you know, telling you that you're not good enough or whatever you're doing is wrong. And then the voice of the spirit is this quiet, somber, comforting voice, whereas you know sometimes when i I get a doubt in my head, it would be, Oh, what about this? What about this? What about this? And then you know, like I would just cling on to the hey, like just hold true to your faith, and you'll you'll find revelation. and as I've like done that, I've been able to uh, like, you know, because my dad hit me upside the head a lot with with like anti-mormon like stuff, and um you know, like I started to doubt it, and then as I started to like read my scripture and pray about it, like, I I know that, you know, for a fact that it is the true church, like it is Jesus Christ's church restored in like modern day. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, no, that's yeah. super powerful. And I and I totally agree with the the doubting your doubts for sure. I mean, that's something that is professing Christianity all the time just, you know, when you have doubts, just have a little faith, you know. Yeah. But um I guess another question of mine is it seems like there's a specific verse in the Book of Mormon where it's like Second Nephi 25 verse 23. Nice. And it talks about grace. And at the end of this, it says, for we know that it is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. And that just seems to me to contradict the Bible, like in Ephesians two eight. So that's a part of me so, that is like hesitant because it, yeah. it seems like in second Nephi, in this verse, it's like after all you can do, so you're receiving grace after all you can do. So what is that all about?
1: So I, I like to think of it in two ways. Um So first and foremost, like, you know, the, the atonement of Jesus Christ is, you know, charity and grace personified. Um, But there's certainly a difference between exaltation and um salvation, right? We have been saved because Jesus Christ died for us, right? But right. there's, there's obviously a difference between like you know understanding like the atonement and or, or understanding the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us on a spiritual and real level would dictate that you would follow his commandments and feed his sheep and, and serve him right um, so that's kind of the, the biggest thing that I think of but um, yeah we are certainly saved by grace like you ask any LDS person that and we'll certainly say that but we certainly do believe that works are really important but In terms of getting, you know, buying our way to heaven, that's, that isn't, that isn't valid. Like, we, we, we certainly understand that, you know, being saved by grace is certainly a thing that will get us to heaven. But because we understand grace and we understand like the, the sacrifice that was made on that day, we are that much more obligated to serve in, in like, really like, you know, feed his sheep. That's actually. the way that I understood it because that—that that is another big like thing that a lot of people say, Oh, well, you believe that you work your way into heaven. No, Jesus Christ paid that debt for us already, but mm-hmm. there's being exalted and there's being saved and we've been saved, but we're not exalted yet.
0: Where do you see that? Like, where does exaltation come into play in, in I guess the Bible or does it come later on in the book of Mormon?
1: Um, so it's kind of a, kind of a hard question but um like there, the, the way that i like to think of it is like there's commandments for a reason right like mm-hmm. jesus christ and his you know his um sacrifice didn't invalidate the commandments be, you know because like it, it wasn't like the sudden the commandments no longer mean anything because we're we don't have to follow them anymore because jesus christ like you know paid for that already um mm-hmm. Like Jesus Christ did die for our sins, there was no way for us to make it to you know back to God like without without that debt because there's no way that we could ever come close to that. But there there is also a reason why Jesus Christ like told us to do things, right? Yeah, you know to like love everybody, and that's that's kind of where that comes in. As far as like biblical like like Bible stuff like like New Testament, that's I'm pretty like I, I I'm working on it. Like like that's what I'm doing right now is like pre-missionary, is constantly studying, like, New Testament, Book of Mormon, and Old Testament. But that's that's the way that I like to think about it.
0: Gotcha. But is it also true that Mormons also believe that they can become gods?
1: Um. So that's, like, really...
0: Because I have seen, um, or I have at least heard a little tidbit of Joseph Smith's um, oh gosh, I think it's called like full discourse. I don't know if, what it's called. It's like full something discourse. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. But basically he says in this really big, not sermon, but speech that, you know, you should attempt to become gods just the way that Jesus did. But that's that's just, um, I don't know. So, that doesn't so settle no, well no, with
1: me because. Oh, no, yeah, I, I, would, I would say that it's kind of like taken out of context. Um, but I'm, I'm not too sure about what you're,
0: referring to um but one second charlie it, it. it's, it, it's it, one of the links that i sent you but i just don't know which one it is it, it talks about joseph smith and all right uh we're gonna pull it up and maybe you'll recognize it once i am able to to read it to you but it's something like joseph smith's full something disclosure i don't know something that sounds like what discourse it, or disclosure joseph
1: smith? huh or did he write it he did so write did it joseph smith write it yes okay
0: um, okay, I got it. Okay, let's see. We're waiting for Charlie to pull it up. Oh, that's not it. Oh, this isn't it? No. Um, hmm. I'm gonna check my my email right now, but I need to get to the bottom of this. Um. Anyway, to fill to fill the space, basically, he says in this speech that, you know, we're supposed to strive to become gods, and that just. Doesn't settle well with me because it so, can't become so the, gods. The, the is there no other god other life? than other than God Himself? Right.
1: Okay, I have it. I'm got pretty it. sure, but it's super long. And I don't know yes. exactly where he says it.
0: Just search um, "Gods," plural. Okay. King Follett sermon transcription. I think that's what okay, it is. Okay, I got it. Yeah. So it says here, you have got to learn how to be gods yourselves, to be kings and priests to God, the same as all gods have done. So that's from his King Follett sermon. And I can send this to you after the after our episode, but this is a sermon that he gave and he is asserting that people can become gods and that is just frankly, Lewis, that's kind of blasphemous, right? Because there's only one God. There's only one true God.
1: Right. Um, so there's obviously some like super deep doctrine, uh, regarding that specifically that I can, you know, think of, but I don't want to like preach false doctrine. doctrine. Um, but as far as like, like, I guess, um, like addressing that and like what I've gathered and what, like, what I understand about it, yeah. um, is that so and able to like, we want to, and he's saying to like become like a God, right. You can't necessarily, oh, did you send it? I did. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Just so you can Um, check it out later. So the idea is that we want to dwell in the presence of God. That's what heaven is, right? right? That's that's exaltation. It's receiving, you know, becoming um, like God in the sense that we're pure and clean. And that is due in part to our Savior, Jesus Christ. He, uh, you know, like there's sins that we can't ever, like for instance, is like breaking the neighbor's window, Right where I can oh hey, I'm gonna pay for that window I'm gonna fix it. Okay. And then there's killing somebody. There's nothing that I can do to ever bring that person's life back. That we couldn't Can you hear me still? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my airpod just died. Not but either. like what was I? There's sins that we you know can't pay for or you know ever like get to. And that's that that was the purpose of Jesus Christ's like life in addition to teaching us how to like maintain his earthly ministry and how to treat others. Um, and as far as the deep doctrine stuff that I do not want to delve into because I do not want to preach false doctrine and I will do research on it and we can talk about it later. Okay, for sure. Um, but it's, it's like, you want to strive, um, to be virtuous and to keep the commandments and, you know, um, like be as much like as Jesus Christ as we can. Because there's no way that we can become like Jesus Christ, you know, this life at least. Right. But because we're cleansed, we want to be, we want to have that ability to to be as much as like God as we can before, obviously, the atonement and and the cleansing of our sins.
0: Right. We're all after, like, we're all after God's own righteousness and holiness. Like, he calls us to be after him and to, you know, follow his commandments in that sense. But what... I don't know, what just rubs me the wrong way is just the way that Joseph Smith worded that. Because words do matter. Yeah. And, you know, he said, become like gods, plural. And he exalts, or he at least, like, emphasizes the the mightiness of gods when he says that. So it's just, that just simply rubs me the wrong way because, like, he, he kind of says it directly, like, you will become like gods and
1: I don't know. Yeah. pre more pre or post post life, obviously. And that's, that's what he's getting at. I would, I would say, I haven't read it. Um, but like in able to dwell in the presence of God, we have to be clean like him, uh, because no unclean thing can dwell in the presence of God. And that's, like I said, that's what Jesus Christ's um, you know, atonement did for us was able to be able to be cleansed of that sin. And, you know, we eventually want to live with him and able to live with him. We are going to be like him. That's that's what that's like, you know, because when we live in heaven and we dwell in the presence of God being created after his own image clean, that's what he's getting at.
0: I see what you're saying. But I also don't think that we'll ever be like Jesus like ever, even when we are in heaven. I don't think we'll ever be like him because Jesus is God. And that's another thing that is, I think, not true in the Mormon or the in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is that y'all don't believe that. Jesus is God, right? Like you, you believe. Right? Yeah, we
1: believe that there's se- so like there, there's Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. That right. They're, they're not, they're not the Holy Trinity. We believe they're separate.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so Christians believe that they're separate persons, but they are the triune God. Like they're, they're different persons, but we believe that they are all just one God. I think that that is the another difference between mormons and christians too
1: yeah that's that certainly is a difference
0: so how do you so you guys just believe that jesus was just like a man who died for our sins was he just more like a martyr or
1: no so he was uh he was god's only begotten son it was his first son gotcha
0: okay well then how um i wish i had more scripture to supply this I also want to evangelize one day so I definitely need to brush up on my own scripture but I don't know he God has shown so many times in the Trinity like in Genesis in Genesis um, when I think it's Genesis 3 maybe it's not Genesis 3 but basically God is speaking through Moses in Genesis saying that let us make man in in our image he's saying us who is he referring to? Tri- Christians believe that it is the Trinity.
1: Um. Well, yeah. I I would have to refresh on Genesis because that is not something that I mean I've read it a few times, but I mean it's a okay. It's, it's a t- it's a tough read. It is <laughs> but, a
0: tough read for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean so, it's extremely important, but I, I uh, um.
0: Here it is right so now. Actually, let me, let me just read it to you. So it's Genesis one verse twenty six. And it is the English Standard Version. Uh, Charlie, if you can scroll down just a little bit. There we go. Thank you. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish, over the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So that first part when he said, Then God, singular. Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Like, what do you make of that?
1: So um Jesus Christ uh, served a vital role in creating everything. Um and he created the earth and everything that is on the earth. And that's kind of that's what I would make sense of it. That's what we believe. Is that Can you I think it's like can every you repeat ten that? minutes? I'm so out. sorry.
0: I, I kind of <laughs> I kind of zoned out for just one second. What did you say?
1: So we believe that Jesus Christ created the earth through the help of God. And that's what that's what I make of that
0: created the earth with the help of but in True, John, yeah,
1: the help of god and it, it's uh we read the king james version but even even then i still couldn't quote it to you because old testament is not fresh on my mind i've certainly read weird. it but it's like it's been read to me more so like in seminary class and at church and stuff but a, um there's like distinctions of like like language for instance you know there's like the you know they designate god as like like father or heavenly father or, um, and then like Jesus Christ is Lord. Like they refer to Lord God and then, you know, heavenly father, like father God and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where like the distinction of like Genesis and like, like Jesus Christ's vital role for creating the earth comes from. It's like those distinctions. And then, um, obviously, uh, we believe that Joseph Smith was like a modern day prophet who restored Jesus Christ's, uh, church. Right. So we have a lot of, like, modern day, um, like, scripture and stuff that we believe to be real and true. And there's a lot of stuff in that, which I would urge you to read if you are actually interested, like, if you're interested, um, you know, that kind of sheds some light on it.
0: I'm for sure. I'm for sure going to read up on it because sometimes I'm fearful of going into different religions just because... I don't know. I'm the type of person who can be easily influenced and I I also want to stand firm in my faith and and I definitely am firm in my faith of just being an non-denominational Christian, but um yeah, eventually I do want to evangelize to to people of different nations one day, so I for sure need to brush up on like what it says in the Quran and what it says in the Book yeah. of Mormon
1: and all that other stuff. So Yeah. Um I will say this one uh one thing though that is extremely important. Um you know, the The Book of Mormon says very blatantly, and clearly on the book. Right? It says it's just it says another testament of Jesus Christ, and I like I've come to know as I've read it that it, it has indeed gotten me closer to Jesus Christ. Um, and that was like my biggest thing, you know. Like, if you ever have anybody saying, like, you know, oh, we worship Joseph Smith, that's extremely wrong and and completely backward. He he served as like a mouth it's similar to like if anybody ever says you know a mormon worships joseph smith is like the equivalent of saying a baptist worships moses right he just served as a mouthpiece for god in these modern days in these latter days to bring to light uh lots of things that i mean were extremely divisive um like were extremely contentious and dividing factor amongst lots of um early churches in the america And, and that you know america also has uh, a pretty large part to play in like why, you know, there was a prophet restored or, you know, uh, a prophet at that time restored the gospel of Jesus Christ was because, you know, we lived in a new, you know, the promised land, right. Where there was, you know, hundreds. and I mean, probably nowadays there's like thousands of denominations of Christianity, right. Uh, that all preach similar things, but they're extremely contentious about certain things. So that's why God chose to choose this time, to bring to light the the real Church of Jesus Christ, and that's what we believe.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: Yeah, and I, listen, I like I really urge you to read it because that's that's like I I I'm doing kind of a poor job right now, but I'm trying my best. Uh, There's people in the church that like have written like I mean, as 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 missionaries, you get a lot of bashers that like want to outright call like Mormons Satanists and stuff, and that's just simply not true. Like we. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of our religion, and we believe that, like, Heavenly Father is is certainly, like, a real, you know, like, we we really do have faith in Jesus Christ. That's one of the first things, uh, you know, becoming LDS is faith in Jesus Christ and repentance.
0: Gotcha. I think I definitely will check into the Book of Mormon for sure because I do want to learn it because one day, like I said, I want to evangelize one day. But um, yeah. Louis, I think that that is all the time we have. Is there anything, any last thoughts that you want to get out?
1: Yeah, actually, um, okay. you know, and to to help you as like some guides, you know, like you know some guides to help you through the Book of Mormon and helping you understand all those questions. I can certainly answer them better than me. I mean, I can even hook you up with some like missionaries, and y'all can have like a casual thing where you guys just talk. Like it's not like you know, aim to to like you know, completely convert you, but just to just to like give you a little bit more insight, better so than I did. For sure. I can, no. I can set that up for you if you want.
0: That would be awesome. Well, let me talk to you about that after the episode yeah. because I definitely need to brush up on scripture myself. I still haven't read the full Bible. I'm working on it. It's a goal of mine this year. But hard
1: read. It's a hard
0: read. It is a hard read because you you have to take so much time into it to really understand what God is saying to you. But anyway, thanks so much for coming on, Lewis. This was a really good conversation. I'd love to have you on again someday.
1: Yes, please. I want to be, I want to be a a common here. All right, for sure. When you get when you get a hundred thousand subscribers,
0: a hundred thousand, maybe one day. <laughs> All right, thanks, Louis. Take it easy. Of course. Bye bye. All right. Thanks, Charlie.